Let's pray. Father, into your presence we come. We thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for giving us Jesus, our Savior. We thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that your rise are big within me now, that you'll think through my mind and speak through my lips of clay. And I declare that I'm a servant, ready to be used by the Master today. And I thank you that I'll declare your word fearlessly, boldly, accurately, carried by the wind of the Spirit. And I thank you, Father, here at Christian Family Church, we are not only hearers of your word, but Father, we are doers of your word. We are believers of the word, and therefore we will enter into our full inheritance and have good success in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord, and we are so glad you're here. Welcome to our, our online family. The title of my message today is Claim Your Inheritance. How many of us know that God has inheritance for us? The promises are for ours, are ours. But it's time for us as a church to take back what the devil has stolen. It's time for the church to be bold and courageous and, and claim our promises that God has already given to us. So if we look in Numbers 13, we see the Lord says to Moses, Moses, send men to explore the land that I am giving to Israel. God never said, I might give if I think about it. Well, I might change my mind if you're rebellious. No, he didn't. He, he said, I am giving. It was a definite command. He said, I am giving the land to Israel. And so then Moses said to the Lord, okay, but who should I tell the Israelites uh, sent me? What, who should I say uh, send me, what is your name? And Exodus 3.13, it says, what, and when they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And verse 14 says, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now, this is the same all-powerful God who said, I am your shepherd and you shall not want. I am with you. I will keep you wherever you go. I am your father. I am your provider. I am the God who strengthens you. I am the God who wipes away your tears. I am the God who hears you when you pray. I am the God who answers you when you pray. I am the soon and some coming king. I am with you wherever you go. I am the alpha. I am the omega. I am the omnipresent. I am God and I'm ready to perform my word today. I am the three in one. I am before the day was. I am self-sufficient, self-sustainable. I am the created one, a creating one and I am God and I am giving Israel the land of Canaan. I am God and there is no other. Glory to God. Give the Lord praise in the Lord. He is God and there is no other. And then God blessed Moses and added to Moses a little bit about his character. And he said in Exodus 34, verse 6, he said, Lord passed in front of Moses and says, I'm going to show you my character, Moses. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. But I'm merciful and I'm gracious and I'm slow to anger and I'm rich with unfailing love and faithfulness. So now God has revealed his character to Moses. Moses now knows his name. He knows his character. So he confidently obeys the Lord and he gets 12 influences. Everybody say influences. 
influencers are, are men and women who influence the multitude. So Moses found 12 leaders of the tribes, and he said, you're to go into the land that the Lord has given us, and I want you to come back with a report. And I want you to go in boldly, and then you must even take some samples of the crops. So we have Joshua and Caleb, the men of influence, two of the, the 12 leaders that were chosen to spy out the land. And they went into the land for 40 days, and then they came back, and they gave their report to Moses and the whole community. And this was their report. They said, it's true. We went into the land that God said is ours, and it is amazing. Uh, the soil is great. The trees are wonderful. We've got grapes to, to prove that the produce is, is good. It's a magnificent country. It's got green pastures and fruit trees. Uh, we've even brought back a cluster of grapes, which two men had to carry on one on either side of the pole. There were multitudes of animals there, were even including dairy cows. He said, it's everything that God had said it would be, however, but, but, he said, there were huge giants in the land, and the cities are walled and impenetrable. We can't get through them. And the giants were so huge. They were from the, the king of giants, the Anakin. They had six fingers on each hand, which is super scary, and six toes on each foot. And so the toes must have frightened them, and the hands must have frightened them, and the height must have frightened them, and the walled cities must have frightened them. They said, they are so huge, we just look like little grasshoppers. So what did the influencers do? They took their eyes off the Word of God, where God said, I am giving you the land, and they looked on the problem. They looked at the, the problem in front of them, and the problem looked huge. It did. And they looked at the walls of the cities, and that looked impenetrable, but it was was not God's word. God said, I am giving you that land. And so the influencers took their eyes off the word of God and onto their problems, and they began to spread negativity around the camp. But here we have Joshua and Caleb, and they're standing up for the truth of God. It's like Apostle Theo and myself. No, family, this is what the Word says. And they stood up for the Word of God, and they said, no, we can go at once into the land because God has given it, and we can conquer it. So even though the promised land was their inheritance, family, they had to go in and get it themselves. They had to fight the good fight of faith. And that's why I use the illustration, we might have cherries on the tree, but we've got to pluck those cherries. God has given us everything we need to our life to have success, but we have to walk by faith, we have to fight the good fight of faith, and we have to take back what the devil has stolen from us. We've got to be willing to take it. So the other men who went with them said, no, wait a minute, they are much stronger than we are. And they spread discouraging reports throughout the land. The people started to believe negativity, and they started to cry and wail, and they said, we wish we had died in Egypt, or even here in the wilderness is good enough, but we need to die. And then Joshua and Caleb, they tore their clothes and they, they spoke up and they said, no, what you're saying is wrong. You, the land is wonderful. And it's not exactly as you're saying. The Lord is pleased with us. The Lord is going to give us the land. He's given us his word and his word is true and yea and amen. But the, all the 10 other spies that were spreading all the negativity. But you know what Mark Twain said? He said, don't walk away from negative people. He said, run. Run, baby, run. 
Because negative people will stop and hinder your progress. Negative people will stop your destiny. You've got to get away from negative people. And so in verse 9, it says, don't he, Caleb said, don't rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. Don't watch CNN. Don't watch fake news. Don't be afraid of what people are saying. They are helpless prey. They have no protection. The Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Glory to God. Don't be afraid of the news. Don't be afraid of what is happening around the world because God is with us. He is more than a conqueror. He's made us more than conquerors, and we will win in Jesus' name. And, they, and Caleb said, God is a covenant with Israel, and God is a covenant with us, Christian family, church, and all those who are born again. But the whole community decided they're going to stone the two uh, ones who are talking the truth. And isn't that the truth? Family, the multitudes always believe the worst. There's only some Caleb's and Joshua standing up for the word of God saying, no, this is the truth. And we are those Joshua's and we are those Caleb's. Glory to God. And so the presence of God had to come down. And it appeared to all the Israelites, and then God said to Moses, he said, you know what, how long? Now, he's talking about his believing, unbelieving believers. He said, how long will these people reject me? This, he's talking about his own people. Do you know we still have remnants of them today? We have unbelieving believers. How sad is that? Well, then... Never believe me after all the miraculous signs I've done among them. Do you know when we don't believe God's word, we are rejecting him. He feels rejected when we don't believe his word. Numbers 14, 22 says, they have seen my glorious presence. They've seen my miraculous signs. Remember God supplied food for them. Remember God gave them water. God gave them bread. How many of us have seen a miraculous sign? We've seen God working. How many? Only half of us. If we've seen God's miraculous, so we cannot say that God's word is not true. We've seen the miraculous power of God working in our lives. But he said, I performed them in Egypt and the wilderness and miraculous signs. But again and again, they tested me by refusing to listen. Can you imagine? God says we test him when we refuse to listen to his word. But my servant, Caleb, Bev, and Theo, <laughs> and all of CFC, <laughs> is different from all the others because we will remain loyal to the Lord and we will bring him into the Lord. But listen to this. He says, I will bring him to the land he explored. His descendants will receive their full share, the inheritance of the land. Do you know, family, that when we are loyal to God, when we believe God and His Word, not only will we be blessed, but look, our children will be blessed. Then our children's children will be blessed because we were blessed because we believe God. And so not only we enter in our full inheritance, but our children and our children's children get their full inheritance because of us. Because of the grandmothers and grandfathers who believe the Lord. Hallelujah. And the moms and the dads. Glory to God. And so the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long will this wicked nation complain about me? He's talking about his own people. 
He's called them wicked. Now, surely, tell them, as I live, I will do to you the very things I've heard you say. You will all die here in the wilderness because you've complained about me. The only exceptions who were not going to die in the wilderness were Caleb and Joshua. Then the ten scouts who had incited the rebellion against the Lord by spreading all the discouraging uh, reports about the land. Look, they were struck dead with a plague. I know we don't want that to happen again, but Lord, have mercy about some peeps. They are so negative. Lord, let them get the word. I mean, imagine. We don't want to imagine. Only gosh, Joshua and Caleb remained alive. Negative people don't thrive. They barely survive. Because you know what? Uh, Caleb had a different spirit. And Joshua, they refused to allow fear to fill their hearts and drive out their faith uh, of God in their word. And you know, family, faith drives out fear, but fear drives out faith. So faith drives out fear, but fear drives out faith. And that's why I believe you should all have this book, Shield of Faith. And I'll tell you why. Because when you read it, you're driving out fear. You're driving out insecurity. You're driving out sickness. You're driving out poverty. You're driving out lack. You're driving out everything the devil brings to you because you're replacing the fear with faith. And we are men and women of faith. That's why the... Um, the just shall live by faith. So Caleb and Joshua were not intimidated by the circumstances. They were not overwhelmed by the problems. The, the giants didn't frighten them. The walled cities didn't make them shudder. They looked at their inheritance, their promise, with a different lens. They looked through the eye of faith. So faith is not positive thinking. Faith is not optimism. Faith is not even looking on the bright side of life. Faith is simply acting on what God's Word says. That's what faith is. So instead of looking at the danger, instead of looking at the news, instead of looking at the roadblocks and the, and the economy and the defeat, they saw potential. You know what? When you know that you're serving the I am, he is going to supply our every need. We are not limited by the world's economy. We're not limited by anything in the world because we serve I am. And if he can do the miracles in the Old Testament, he can do miracles today. If he can supply their finances in the Old um, Testament and, and make the, the bread and the fish multiply, he can do that today because he is I am and there is no other. Hallelujah. I am Jehovah Nissi and I am victorious. And God is on our side. He is more powerful than any other God. There is no other God except God, our God that we serve. Now, you know, Israel is a type of the church. Are we going to be Caleb? Are we going to fully uh, follow God to the best of our abilities? I believe we are. How many Caleb's in the house? How many believers in the house? How many overcomers in the house? Hallelujah. I believe that God is raising up a church, a mighty church of conquerors, a mighty church of Caleb's, a mighty church of Joshua's. And I'm looking at the Joshua's and I'm looking at the Caleb's. And I know you're going to do great exploits for the Lord, no matter how long it takes. Even though through no fault of their own, Joshua and Caleb blessed their heart and I love them for this. They had to wait for all the complainers and the negative whiners to die in the wilderness. 
before they could go and fully inherit, take their, their inheritance. So fa- Caleb's faith in God's promises did not waver as he got older. He believed God for 45 years. Some of us can't believe God for 45 minutes. We live in today, which is instant nails, instant hair, instant coffee, instant everything, the microwave. We get, we've got convenient drives through. Even in the bank, you can just go to the bank and just get your money from the bank. Or if you can, get your money from the bank, because some of them don't even have money in the bank. Right? But because of the convenience we live in, so we think that God is like a drive-by. You know, you put your, your money in the bank, he's going to answer your prayer. If he hasn't answered your prayer in 45 minutes, he's not listening. No, we have to be like Joshua and Caleb. We have to hold on to the word of God no matter how long it takes because he will answer us. He is answering us. Joshua 14, 7 said, I was 40 years old. When Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan, I returned and I gave a good report. My brothers frightened the people, discouraged the people. You know, they were the complainers. And, but as for me, he said, I followed the Lord wholeheartedly and completely. And then Moses promised me, hey, because you followed the Lord, you're going to go into that uh, land and you're going to have a special position. Uh, possession and their descendants forever because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord. And now um, Caleb is saying, Joshua, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised for all these 45 years since Moses made that promise. I am 85 years old today. And he said, I'm strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. I can still travel and I can still fight as well as I could then. I'm saying, family, if we're going to be strong at 85, we better exercise. We better do something. Because if we don't do anything, our bodies are going to wear out. We'll go to heaven early. But if we're going to be um, Joshua's and Kayla's, we've got to go to gym. We've got to get off our blessed assurance. We've got to walk. We've got to do something so we can keep our bodies fit, strong, and healthy. Because my husband is 75. He looks like 55 because he eats well and he exercises every day of his life. And so when he's 85, he will still travel because I will remind him we can travel at 85 because if Caleb can travel, we can travel, we can still fight, and we'll be strong because we take care of our bodies. And you know what, family, this is the only body you have. So if you don't look after it, you will see Jesus early. It's up to you. But as for me, I'm waiting for the rapture, and I'm going in the rapture because I want to be strong, healthy, and my husband and I, we're going to inherit all the promises that God has given to us, and so are you. And so Joshua blessed Caleb, and I bless you today. <laughs> I bless you all today. And at 85, his confession never changed. I love Caleb. You know, what do you do in the waiting? What do you do in the waiting? But you know, his confession never wavered in the waiting. Let our confession never waver in the waiting. The dream of his inheritance never fizzled out. It never faded. His dream didn't turn into a nightmare. He refused for the devil to steal his God-given inheritance. 
He held on to God's word with such unwavering confidence. Don't give up, family. Hold on to your dream. Hold on to my dream. I'm sure the devil came to him and tried to discourage him. I'm sure he tried to uh, put discouragement in his mind. I'm sure he tried to steal his joy. I'm sure he tried to make him feel like it's not worth waiting because he's waited so long. But you know what, family? We are going to be like Caleb. We're going to hold on with unwavering faith, and we will defeat the enemy because he's defeated already in Jesus' name. We will keep our dream alive in the name of Jesus. And how do we do it? By praising and worshiping the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We see the church full. Thank you, Father. We're overflowing. Thank you, everyone, to worship and a tither. Thank you, Lord. They love Jesus. What is your dream that's in your heart? Just keep praising and worshiping the Lord. We see the building out there. Can you see it, family? Oh, we see a big building out there, packed to capacity with overflowing people who love to hear the Word of God. What did he, how did he keep his dream alive? I believe he kept his dream alive because he kept on seeing a vision. He saw himself in the promised land. He saw him building a house in the promised land. He saw him raising his kids in the promised land. He saw him overcoming the giants in the promised land. That's what we've got to do. Keep our dream alive by speaking it, saying it, looking at it, and worshiping the Lord. And our dreams will come to pass. Glory, 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 glory. So we should not be surprised to discover that Caleb's daughter, Asher, learned a few tips on faith, tenacity, and being courageous and bold like her father. Can you imagine the, the talk at the dinner table? Perhaps she said, Dad, tell me, what made you not lose hope? I mean, how come you believed the Lord with Joshua, but three million didn't? And I believe he said, you know, I saw the miracles and unbelief is just like rebellion and I'm holding on to the word of God and I remembered all the miracles I saw in the desert and God's word is live, it's true and I'm holding on to that. And so I guess he just passed down stories to his, his girls and his family at the dinner table. So it's not surprising that she grew up full of faith, bold and confident. So I wonder, what do we pass down to our children? How do they respond when they see us face disappointments? How do we respond when we face disappointments? Well, Natalie and Candace were so blessed to grow up in a home with a father of faith. And we, when we faced mountains, and we still do, they saw their parents worshiping the Lord, confessing the word, holding on to the promises of God. And it's no surprise today that they turned out to be great women of faith because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And so after Caleb received his inheritance, he issued a challenge to the men in the region, and he offers his daughter's hand in marriage. But he said, first, if you want to marry my daughter, I want you to go and attack this um, stronghold, enemy stronghold. And then if you've done that, you can have my daughter's hand in marriage. And I wonder why Caleb did that. Well, I guess because he wanted a man of courage. He wanted a man of faith. He, he, didn't, every, he had been through so much. He had believed God for so long. Do you think he wanted his daughter to marry a deadbeat? Heck. No. Do you think he wanted his daughter to marry a couch potato? Absolutely not. Do you think he wanted to marry a, a man that had no faith? No. He had been through too much. He had seen too much. He had believed God for so long. He did not want his daughter to marry a deadbeat couch potato, no faith, guy with a spine, a loser. No. 
You know, you must understand, when a man gives his daughter to somebody in marriage, the husband, the man, the father is thinking, will this man take care of my daughter all her life and even one day when I pass? So it's very important to be selective in the person you marry. So choose wisely. Marry a man of faith, a woman of faith. Marry a loyal person. I read somewhere that don't look for a fire, don't look for sparks, but look for a fireplace. Because if you look for a person give you sparks, the sparks will go. But if you look for a fireplace, it's warm, loyal, keep you at home, nurturing, loving. So be careful. Choose wisely when you marry. And if you don't know how to choose, bring them to me. I'll sit down in five minutes. I'll let you know. And of course, the nephew was a man of faith because he risked his life to uh, fight for the woman that he, he loved. So what was the wedding present? The wedding present, so Caleb's daughter now asked her father for a field as a wedding gift, and he gave it to her. But then she has got so much confidence in her father. She knows her father. She goes uh, one step forward, and she says, Dad, do you mind giving me a double blessing? Do you mind giving me a double portion of my inheritance? She says, since you've given me the land of Negev, which is, has got springs of water, but it's very dry, and it's very... Um, arid, she said, we need water, so we need access from a spring from the upper and the lower springs as well. So listen, family, he, she, he gave her double portion of water, double blessing, therefore assuring her success in life. He went above and beyond to make sure that his daughter had everything she needed to be successful in life. And so with the abundance of water, he knew that she would be uh, wealthy in life. And you might say, gosh, I wish I had a dad like that. My dad was like a deadbeat dad. He gave me nothing. But you know, the good news is it doesn't matter about what lineage you came from or, or how deadbeat your dad was. If he was missing in action, it does not matter. M-I-A. He could have been M-I-A. He could give you nothing. But when you get born again by the Spirit of God, you get a new heavenly Father. And that I am will be able to give you whatever you need because He loves you and He wants to take care of you and He wants you to be successful in every part of your life. So don't ever think that you might feel, oh, well, the ship of blessings have sailed. No, no, no. When you get born again, you just get the, the ship comes back to you with, full of blessings. The more we get to know God, then we have the opportunity to ask whatever we want. We don't go to a stranger and ask him for things. You know, my grandchildren are sitting in the front row today and they are not shy to ask me, Nana, I've seen something on Amazon and uh, you can buy it for me for on Amazon, and you can just either put it in your, or your basket, or, or you can just Venmo your, my mom the money, or whatever, and they are not shy to ask me for gifts, even as like Christmas gifts in July. You know why? Because they know. They can ask their nana, their granddad for anything, and if it's possibly human, humanly possible, we're going to do it for them. And so if we can do that for our grandchildren, how much more doesn't your heavenly Father want to bless you, take care of you, and supply your every need? 
He loves you so much. Glory to God. Glory to God. God has so much in store for us, family. He's got territories He wants to give you. He's got houses He wants to give you. He's got lands He wants to give you. He's got businesses He wants to give you. He's got health for you. He's got a new dream for you and for me. Everything that we can dream of and God has for us and much, much more. And God is challenging us today to ask for Him. Ask Him for whatever we need. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Ask stands for A-S-K. That's how it spells. But A is for ask. S is for seek. K is for knock. Ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Uh, John 16, 24 says, until now you have asked nothing in my name, but ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. God wants to give us full joy today. You know, Charles Spurgeon says, what great simpletons are we if we don't take possession of what God has given to us? What great simpletons are we if we don't take possession of what God has given to us. I'm ending this, this story. Yvonne Scalar had been sick for about two weeks. She thought she had the flu, but she didn't have the flu. She had pneumonia. Her breathing was so shallow, she, uh, she collapsed and was sent to the Lomar Linda University Medical Center where they discovered the severity of her illness. She got, had her lungs were filled with pneumonia. She went to septic shock. Dr. Lowe, who was treating her, said she had to be put into a medically induced coma so they could treat the infection. So after a heart-to-heart talk with the doctor, she prayed and she was at peace that they would put her in a coma. While she was in the coma, her organs uh, began to fail and and she coded three times in the next two weeks. Her lungs failed, her heart failed, her blood sugar was going out of control. So Donna, the hospital chaplain, rallied people to pray. And while they were praying, Yvonne was already in heaven. And she said she remembers when she left her body and she was in a beautiful field and the flowers were so vibrant and alive. And she says, no, no, no words describe heaven. There's just joy, there's peace, the vibrance of the, she says, thousands and hundreds and thousands of people are worshiping and praising the Lord and the flowers are singing and and everything's just beautiful and the the colors are just beyond our imagination. Everyone is happy. Everyone is full of joy. And so she saw Jesus and she, she just wanted to stay, but Jesus said, no, I want you to go back and I want you to go back with a message. And she said, no, Jesus, I don't want to go back. I want to stay with you. And he said, no, I want you to take a message to my people. And this was the message. Jesus said, Yvonne, go back. Tell them of my love and forgiveness. They can come to me and they can repent with a sincere heart. Yvonne, I tell you in my word to ask for all things large or small, but people don't feel worthy. They think they're bothering me or they're asking too much. But tell my people to ask for whatever they need. Three days later, she woke up, recovered, and she started telling people the, the, what Jesus told her, that they must ask for things, large or small, that we are worthy and we're not bothering Jesus. So today, I'm finally sharing that message with you. What is it that you need? 
Let us be bold like Caleb, confident like his daughter, obedient to Jesus like Yvonne. Let's ask God for our inheritance. Nothing is too hard for him. Let us not allow Satan to steal what God has already promised us through doubt and unbelief and fear. It's time to push back the forces of darkness. Take back our inheritance. Take back what is legally ours in Jesus' name. Let's be an overcomer because we are made more than conquerors in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Glory to God.